happy holidays, all my fellow mourners of diet culture. I will be taking a five-week hiatus over the holidays, which means that season one will end on November 27th, the day after Thanksgiving, and we'll be back for season two on January 1st. But don't fear, there is still a way to get your weekly dose of RIP diets. Go to patreon.com slash RIP diets and pledge just $6.99 per month. And not only will you get a weekly podcast episode or vlog during the holidays when you'll need it the most, you'll also get an extra monthly episode when the second season begins. This is an opportunity to get an even closer look at my recovery. I'm going to be doing what I eat in a day videos, Q&As, general tips for how to manage the holiday food stress, and more. This is a great way to support this podcast and help me continue to churn out content that I know you'll enjoy. So what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com slash rip diets and become a VIP. I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. My fellow mourners of diet culture, it is I, Emily Lubin. I am the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to RIP Diets, episode 25. Yeah, quarter of a hundred, bitch. As many of you know, if you've been listening to the recent episodes, and also for those of you who don't know, because I think it's important that you do, today is the last episode of season one of RIP Diets. We will be coming back for season two in five weeks. But in the interim, if you can't get enough of RIP Diets, if you're looking for more, if you want to keep in touch with me over the holidays, if you want to see what I'm up to, how my meals are looking, how my mental health is looking, all of that good stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash RIP Diets and pledge $6.99 per month. And you can still keep in touch with me over the holidays. I will be uploading every week, either a podcast episode or a vlog. I'm actually very excited to do the vlogs because I think it'll be a little something different that you don't get by listening to the podcast. And I'll be able to show more. I'll be able to take you through my day. It'll be a really nice personal experience. So I will be uploading every week, not on the normal podcast feed, but on Patreon. And then after the five weeks, we'll come back for season two. But the rewards will keep on coming, people. You will get an extra monthly episode. I'm starting there to make it manageable for myself. But if more people join Patreon and there is a lot of interest, I could see myself doing up to two or three extra episodes or vlogs in a month. I really want to make the Patreon a place where people can go for an insider look at my recovery and a more personal connection. It's a great way to support the show, so I would highly recommend you check it out. Go to patreon.com slash rip diets. And for those of you who have already become patrons, thank you so, so much. 
Your allegiance does not go unnoticed. I will always remember who was there in the beginning. And I've been sending out messages to everybody who's joined Patreon, asking basically what they want to see on Patreon um, and how I can cater it more to the people who are actually there. And I will keep you anonymous just in case because I did not ask if I can share this, but one patron responded to the initial welcome message saying, Emily, I'm excited and always here for any and all Lubination content I can get. Thank you so much. I've been a longtime listener, even rep the OG Hot Mess merch. And your story with food is a big reason why I related so hard. There's a great OG Hot Mess episode where you and Andrea compare what you ate in a day. And I refer back to that sometimes as a reminder of what my disorder sounds like out loud. It's so funny. I don't even remember this episode. I kind of vaguely remember, but I don't. It would probably be pretty cringeworthy for me to listen to at this point. After a lot of thought, what I would like to hear you talk more about, I really think hearing about how foods are labeled healthy or not healthy, i.e. coconut sugar, almond flour versus cheese and fast food. It is so helpful to hear and have the dialogue to combat this disordered thinking. The market has grown so much for paleo foods, keto, and safe foods, quote unquote, that when I shop, it's hard not to get triggered. And I just wanted to touch on this because I I think this is definitely something that I want to talk more about on Patreon and on the regular show. I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently because there are a handful of foods that I really love and they're kind of staples in my everyday meals. And they're actually foods that were safe foods. Again, I use that in quotes when I was deep in my disorder. And I had to take a break from eating them. When I was in recovery, I was eating, you know, all white flour, all full fat products, dairy products, um, I wasn't eating diet anything or anything labeled light or fat-free, what have you. But I've circled back to some, a really, a really key example for me at least that has come back into my life that I love so much is salsa. And I put salsa on so many things. I love it so much. I put it on tortilla chips, of course, that is a classic, but I also put it on eggs. Um, I put it on sandwiches sometimes, like just a dollop of salsa. I put it on so many things. I can't even think of everything I put it on at this point. But when I was deep in my disorder, I would eat entire jars of salsa for a meal. And that was kind of my meal substitution just because for the volume of the jar, you know, the amount of calories was not that much. So I would get a whole jar of salsa and that really was a staple in my eating disorder diet, for lack of a better word. So I have questioned here and there, should I be eating this? Do I just want this because I know that it doesn't have that many calories in it? And there are other foods like that for me too. For example, um, Some of you are probably familiar with Ezekiel bread, which is a high fiber bread and a lot of health gurus, so to speak, will um, endorse Ezekiel bread over regular bread. And I used to eat only Ezekiel bread. I mean, 
there was definitely a time when I was not touching bread at all. I was trying to eat as few carbohydrates as possible. But if I were to eat bread, it would have to be Ezekiel bread. And there is a specific type of Ezekiel bread that I really love for breakfast. And it is a little English muffin that's cinnamon raisin flavored. It comes in a purple package and I love them so much. I just, I really like the texture of them. They're really hearty um, and they're not too sweet, like a cinnamon raisin bagel. So I can eat them, you know, every day and not get sick of them. That is something that I've questioned in recovery. Do I just want this because I think it's healthy or do I want it because I actually like it? And I've had to narrow some things down. Those English muffins actually satisfy me so much and I love the flavor so much. And I don't feel like I need to justify that to myself. Also, you know, I'll be eating them with full fat cream cheese, full fat butter, peanut butter, you know, things that I never would have eaten before. So that kind of proves to me that it's not about the nutritional content. It is about the flavor and how satisfied they make me feel and how delicious they are. So I think differentiating between what you perceive a product to be nutritionally and whether you actually crave it, actually want it, whether it makes you feel good, this is a distinction that we need to be able to make. And it takes some work. Definitely, it takes some work. The other day, something happened to me that really opened my eyes and it made me see how much progress I've made. Um, And this is going to sound so small to people, but this is a big deal for me because another thing that I will partake in that I've questioned before, is this hypocritical for me to consume? Is diet soda, diet drinks, low sugar drinks. And the main reason that I like that stuff even though there is something inherently gross about it because of the aspartame and like, I know that this stuff is not healthy, but when I was in my disorder, you know, diet soda was something that I allowed myself to have basically unlimited amounts of and sugar-free types of drinks. I used to make this hot chocolate that was extremely low sugar, but so sweet, like so sickly sweet because of all the things I was adding to make it taste good. And I don't do that anymore. I think that is disordered for me and I I don't do that anymore. But I will drink diet soda. And the main reason is because I drank it for so long. I drank diet soda growing up. I never really had full sugar soda. So now when I drink sugar soda, I don't like the taste. It's too sweet. And it just doesn't get me going the way that diet soda does. So I still drink diet soda. It really does not have to do with the sugar. I would drink the sugar soda if I craved it. I simply just don't. I love Starbucks. Um, I'm kind of a basic bitch in that way. I love the seasonal drinks at Starbucks. I collect rewards. I'm getting those stars. I'm getting free drinks. The Starbucks app is amazing, people. Uh, If you want to lose all your money for virtually no reason, get that Starbucks app on your phone and find a Starbucks near you. But Starbucks makes this drink in the fall. I know that you think I'm going to say pumpkin spice latte, but I'm not going to say pumpkin spice latte. I actually hate those, but I do love the pumpkin cream cold brew. It is so fucking good. 
it's a cold coffee and the coffee's really strong, but then it's topped with this like pumpkin-y topping and it has like a little bit of vanilla syrup in it. It's super sweet. I am not a black coffee drinker, as you can probably tell. I like my drinks. I like my coffee to taste like melted coffee ice cream and I won't apologize for that. But I think it was last year I got into the sugar-free version of this drink, the pumpkin cream cold brew. So basically I would remove the vanilla syrup out of the drink and I would add sugar-free vanilla syrup. And I was convinced that I liked it better, that it was less sweet and that's what I liked about it. And this year they brought the drink back. I've started getting the regular sugar version just because, you know, just because I don't feel the need to remove the sugar out of my drink. It's also a fucking 12 ounce drink. Like who the fuck cares? But the other day I was ordering one from my local Starbucks and I went into my favorites because you can favorite certain drinks and I selected it off my favorites because it is my favorite And I didn't realize that I accidentally ordered the version that I used to make myself last year, which is the sugar-free version. And it tasted awful. I couldn't finish it. I drank maybe a quarter of it and I had to throw it out and I felt terrible because it cost four fucking dollars for this coffee. And I realized I need to challenge myself with other sugar-free drinks. I need to... Go ahead and try the sugar soda. Go ahead and try the sugar iced tea and see if it causes anxiety when I drink it. And hopefully it won't. That's the outcome that I hope for. But yeah, it it just, uh, it made me think a little bit about why I choose certain things over other things and certain products over other products. If you're standing in the supermarket and you see coconut sugar next to regular sugar and you're planning on making something and you're thinking, oh, maybe I should substitute the sugar with coconut sugar. Is it because you want it to taste coconutty? Or is it because you know someone who's a a diabetic? I actually don't know if coconut sugar is better for diabetics. Don't quote me on that. But Is there a legitimate reason why you want to keep the glycemic index or whatever lower in the thing you are baking? Or do you just think, oh, this is supposed to be healthier for me, so I should pick that? Because never forget, okay, never ever forget, this is the most important thing to keep in mind. Often when you opt for the healthier, quote unquote, healthier version of something, you will feel restricted And you will end up over consuming it because it's less satisfying than the real deal. So you will either over consume it and feel guilty for over consuming it or you'll consume it and it'll still leave you wanting more. And later on, it could lead to a binge. So that's what I always remember is, you know, even if I'm eating something and I feel a twinge of guilt, just a twinge of, oh, should I be eating this? I mean, one, I tell myself, No, you do not police your food. Say a big no to the food police as is in the principles of intuitive eating. But also just know that as much fat or sugar or calories that I perceive to be in this food that I'm eating, as much as it is, I will end up eating more if I deny myself what I want in this moment. And that's the God's honest truth. There's no way to get around that for me. You might be able to get around it today, but it will catch up to you. It just will. 
That's the way the pendulum works. You swing it all the way to one side and it swings all the way back to the other side. It's inevitable. So don't even bother with it. Just let yourself have what you want in the moment and forget about it. I know it's way easier said than done, but this is what we're working towards. You don't need to put that much thought into what you're eating. Your body will take care of you and it will process what you're feeding it and it will feel nourished by it. And if it's not, you'll know and your body will then adjust. We are incredible creatures. We, Our bodies do so much for us. We do not need to regulate it. We are, we're not designed to regulate it, strictly at least. So there you go. And now I want to touch on the holidays. Today is the day after Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I want to give you a little taste of my experience with the holidays, which of course you will be able to follow along with more on Patreon if you decide to join. But I wanted to offer a little story um, because I know that the holidays can be really, really tough. And I do not say that lightly or take that lightly at all. I've had honestly traumatizing experiences at the holidays. And I wanted to tell you guys a story of one of the worst Christmases I ever had. And it was probably a year into my heavy restriction. So I guess that would be the anorexic phase of my eating disorder. And it's Christmas Day. I had been really anxious about going to Christmas, going to my mom's side of the family, Um, because my mom's side of the family, they're very hyper-focused on what they eat. It's not that they shit-talk other people for eating good food or anything like that. that. They're all very sweet, but I just have always had the feeling that the women are very focused on looking a certain way, and that's very important. It's definitely important to my mom, so it would make sense that her side of the family has similar issues. Um... I just felt very vulnerable at that time and I got so anxious that Christmas that I physically made myself sick and when I say that I was not so much faking sick as I thought I was sick. I woke up on Christmas morning thinking that I had a stomach flu or something. I also fun fact had a UTI or I thought I did From what I know, based on other women I know who have UTIs a lot, this couldn't have been a UTI because it went away in 24 hours. This is why I'm saying that we really underestimate the mind-body connection. I truly believe my anxiety made my body sick because I felt extreme discomfort when I peed. I had to pee constantly for 24 hours straight. And I had a horrible stomach ache and a horrible headache. It felt like a flu, minus the urinary tract stuff. That was just the cherry on top. But my mom was really upset that I was sick and not able to go to Christmas. She and my brother drove to Jersey, where my family lives, and left me at home. And I was actually dog-sitting for a friend that summer. So I just curled up with the dog and watched The Killing on Hulu and just cried, like cried into the dog. The dog was my handkerchief at this point because I was just thinking about how joyous the holidays are supposed to be and how I wasn't able to enjoy it and 
how I was sick. It was a very woe is me moment. And, but I also felt numb. It's, it's strange. I'm sure that anybody who's had bouts of depression understands what I'm talking about when you're so sad that you just feel like you're never going to get out of it. And it makes you almost numb. That's how I felt. And it was my lowest point during the holidays. Every holiday that I spend with my family and every holiday that I'm able to enjoy, I think back on that moment and I think, wow, I'm so lucky that I'm here. I'm so lucky that I made it. And I'm so thankful, truly. Happy Thanksgiving. I mean, what are we thankful for? I'm thankful for being able to attend Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that I made it through one of the toughest times in my life and I can actually enjoy a holiday and not be worried about the way my body looks or what people are going to think of me for eating a full meal. I don't think about that stuff anymore because I've seen the other side and I know how truly dark it can get and I never want to go back there again. So God, and I, I try not to think about that Christmas because it really was just the worst year of my life. I was thinking about this as I was going to sleep last night. And that gives you a little window into my psyche. But this is what I think of as I go to sleep. I was thinking how sad I am about missing out on a lot of my childhood. I'm going to try not to get emotional while I say this because it's hard for me to talk about. It truly is very painful. I think about... What a happy person I could have potentially been if I didn't get caught up in all of this stuff. Not that it was in my control. It wasn't. But especially if you've been to therapy, you can understand forgiving yourself and being very understanding and compassionate for your younger self, but also being sad and being a little heartbroken that my childhood was not the best and that I went through some really hard times and struggled emotionally, was anxious a lot. I regret not enjoying my time in college because I feel like that's a time that I'll never get back. And that's a time that people remember for their entire lives and keep friendships for their entire lives. I have a few people that I do keep in touch with from college, but not the way that many of my friends have. They are not my closest friends. My closest friends are my friends since childhood and also a few friends that I made after college. Um, And I regret that time in my life that I wasn't able to enjoy that either because I was caught up in a lot of these personal issues. And I am sad for the person that missed out on those experiences. But the other side of that is that now that I have learned to totally accept myself unconditionally and to work towards self-love every single day because I'm going to be stuck with myself for the rest of my life. I'm actually able to live a new life, to be a new version of myself, a better version who is able to cherish these moments, cherish time with my family and time with my friends, foster relationships because I'm not so hyper-focused on being perfect and being perceived a certain way. I don't really give a fuck anymore. I'm in my 30s now. I want to enjoy all the time that I have left and to foster the relationships that I do have and to enjoy my time here. And and that's what I want you guys to take away from this episode. And 
I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. I really do. I want you to feel free to keep in touch with me. You can email me at ripdiets at gmail.com with any and all advice questions. I totally welcome them. And you can also slide into my DMs on Instagram. I'm at lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Hit me up there. Let me know what you think of the show. Give me advice questions. I love answering advice questions on this show. And again, we're going to be back in five short weeks. So I'm going to be doing some show planning before then. I'm going to really come back with an edge and trying to give you guys all the content that you want to be hearing. Also, join the private Facebook group. Go to Facebook and go into the search bar, type RIP dieters. If you request to be added, I usually add you within 12 hours Everybody in the Facebook group seriously kicks ass. They bring up such relevant, interesting conversation. We talk about all of the stuff that I talk about on the show, but honestly, in even more depth, I've gotten book recommendations on there. I've read interesting articles that people send me to. It's such a great place. I think if you want to get in touch with like-minded people and join the revolution, there's no better way to do it. Just go to uh, Facebook and type in RIP Dieters. And that's it, you guys. Have a joyous holiday season. I will be back January 1st with a fresh RIP Diets, season two, motherfucker. Peace out. I love you guys. Mm-hmm.